The patient-doctor relationship is a very close one when it comes to cultural fluency. I found the teenage mom feeding rice and beans to her baby. He thought that diabetes was something that doctors told black people to get money out of them. In fact, cultural fluency is a key to help build relationships with patients to help them achieve their best results. This is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Hello, everyone. Today, we're talking about the role that culture plays in how we think about health, how we experience our healthcare system, and how we care for ourselves and others. My guests and I will discuss the importance of cultural awareness, or what some call cultural fluency or cultural congruency, and why this matters so much in our nursing practice and in healthcare in general. With me today are two of our nurses, Claritza Maldonado and Leah Hamby. Claritza is a telephonic care manager with the personal nurse area, and Leah works with members of Humana's special needs plans. And our third guest today is Tony Suarez. Tony's a director of experience, strategy, and transformation in Humana's consumer group. And he also facilitates the very popular cultural fluency courses that many of our nurses, clinicians, and other associates have had the opportunity to participate in. I myself have participated in a few, and let me tell you, Tony is really good. So welcome to the Voice of Humana Nurses, Claritza, Leah, and Tony, and thanks for taking some time out of your day to speak about this important topic. Let's begin with some introductions. Claritza and Leah, as nurses, I know that we have many anecdotes from our careers that we'll never forget. Any particular ones that stand out that you'd like to share today? Claritza, maybe we'll start with you first. Kathy, thanks for this opportunity to be on your podcast. Um, Wow, what a privilege it is to live life with where both passion and career intertwine. I love to help folks and make a difference in people's lives and working with different populations, first in New York City and then in Florida in the past 25 years as a nurse. I've been able to do just that, and I get to call it work. (laughs) As a nurse, I've experienced many interesting situations. One that I recall vividly was when I worked in a community center in Harlem, and one of the doctors ordered by Cillin and left the room for his next patient. The moment I came in the room, the patient began to complain of the lengthy wait to get results and get a shot he wasn't really happy about. I apologized for the wait and, uh, and promised to be quick. When I opened his chart, I read in red letters, by allergies, PCN. As soon as I saw that, I excused myself with the patient and went to find the doctor who was just in the room next door and asked him to step out of the room. I opened the chart and I pointed at the allergies note and then to his bicillin order. The doctor was so thankful. Um, I always remember him. He said, Nurses Week should be all year with a big smile. When I returned to the room, I offered the patient a prescription for oral antibiotics, and the patient who was getting a shot was not his idea listed, of course, said that the wait was worth it if it spared him from a nasty shot. 
I will never forget him. Wow, that's a great story. Imagine if you hadn't intervened. And um, I'll have to say I agree with that doctor that Nurses Week should be all year. Thanks for sharing that. Leah, how about you? Um, I started out in nursing as a correctional nurse, which is a very overlooked segment. Um, I did that for a few years, and then I was in hospice. I think probably my most memorable event was a very brittle diabetic um, who one week went into respiratory arrest in full view of fellow inmates, um, and we were able to get him back. The next week, he had the same symptoms and was quickly losing consciousness, again, in front of all of his fellow inmates. And I was out of glucose gel. The injection that I had to give him was expired and did not look good. I wasn't going to use it. I ended up making a slurry from contraband Kool-Aid and sugar packets, which were donated to me by his fellow inmates, and his sugar level came back up. And I need to give a shout-out to those inmates who could have gotten in trouble for admitting that they had these contraband items but gave them up to help him. Um, And I was able to get him him back and avoided a hospital visit, and um, they saved the day. Sure takes a village. Yes, it does. It does. What a great story. Nurses sure do know how to improvise and save the day by saving lives. And I always find that nurses have, to me, the most interesting stories. And we all have great memories from nursing school and our practices. And and I love hearing about them. We sometimes feature some of them in um, in our quarterly nursing town hall. So I really thank you for sharing some of your stories. Tony, you're not a nurse, but in your everyday interactions with physicians and patients or members, I'm sure that you have some great stories to share as well. Sure, bit, Kathy. Well, actually, I have quite a few stories because I do interact with uh, members and uh, um, providers, but the one story that pops up to mind and it really sticks out is about two years ago, I was participating in a patient roundtable discussion, and it was hosted by one of our good providers uh, and good partners. And what I was doing as an icebreaker, I asked the 20 or plus um, Hispanic patients how often they saw their doctor. And to my surprise, a deep voice in the background yelled, hey, they better come see me in every month, uh, every month. And, of course, this was with a slight Cuban accent. And that is when I realized how close of a relationship Hispanic doctors have with their patients. And, of course, not everybody, but how, how close they are. They're like family to each other. In fact, I heard all about their outing to the beach where this particular provider took some of their patients on an outing to experience the ocean. So the patient-doctor relationship is a very close one when it comes to cultural fluency insights. That's a great story, too. And, you know, we often talk about the importance of relationships and building strong relationships between members or patients and um, their care providers. That's a, a really great example. So we're all part of different cultures, um, but we may not realize both how similar or how different our cultures and our cultural practices can be or the impacts that they can have until something happens that might call our attention to it. Before we dive any deeper, Tony, I'm guessing that some of our audience may not be familiar with the term cultural fluency. Can you speak a little bit about what it means? 
Sure. Uh, well, Kathy, we define culture as those shared values, beliefs, morals, and customs of communities that impact behaviors, attitudes, and lifestyles. And we define fluency as the ability to comprehend, understand, and engage easily with a culture that's different than uh, your own. And of course, our aim is to create an understanding of the culture and help build confidence and skills for our own associates to engage with the members and patients who are from a different culture. And why does cultural fluency matter in nursing and in healthcare in general? Well, it's important to create a basic understanding of the culture and to help build that confidence um, that are for our clinicians and our associates to engage with, uh, with those members that are from a different culture. In fact, cultural fluency actually informs cultural awareness, and it is a key to help nurses and clinicians build relationships with patients to help them achieve their best results. Absolutely. Uh, As we just said, relationships are really key to connecting with our members. We recently recorded a podcast about building relationships where we really talked about the power of these relationships, making a personal connection, and how that helps to anticipate the needs of our membership and help them on their way to better health. So this is a conversation that's a great tie-in to that podcast, too. Clarissa and Leah, a significant part of providing nursing care is really, again, relationship building with our patients or our members. I'm sure you've had encounters with them where cultural awareness was really key in being able to establish a trusted relationship that ultimately helped the member and helped to support their health. Let's bring those stories to life a little bit. Clarissa, can you share uh, something about this? Sure. Um As a bilingual nurse, I've had the unique opportunity to work in roles where I've worked closely with patients from various cultures, but primarily Hispanics. Now, I remember working with a teenage mom when I worked in the St. Lucie County Healthy Start program, and her previous nurse relocated out of the county, and since the patient was Spanish-speaking, I was assigned to her. In my first home visit, the grandma opened the door and invited me in. I found the new mom feeding blended rice and beans to her four-month-old baby. As I explored this, she said she was told to begin salads at four months and that her mother told her that rice and beans is what she gave her and her siblings as babies, and they grew up strong. I've learned in my tenure as a nurse, it's not just about education, but walking the journey with the people in their own worlds, environments, spaces, resources. Yeah, it really shows us we shouldn't make assumptions. We really need to take the time to understand those that we care for, understand their culture and their environment. So, Clarissa, how did you approach building the trust with this mom? Sure. Well, I agreed first. And rather than argue, I showed understanding, um, That practice is actually one that I've heard frequently. Um, I acknowledge the important role that tradition plays in our lives. Um, Rice and beans uh, is a staple food in in Spanish, Mexican um, cuisine. Then we talked about introducing other foods first and saving the rice and beans for when the baby gets older. I provided some education about the baby's digestive system and how to introduce foods gradually. 
I really respected what her family had advised and just pretty much introduced new information. It's a great story, and it really shows how important it is to take the time and to have that respect for one another. Leah, I know you have a story, too, that demonstrates the power of cultural awareness um, when you're helping a member with their unique situation. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I had a member who was very frank and opened up that he thought that diabetes was something that white doctors told black people to get money out of them. Um, He shared that his primary care provider had told him, you have diabetes, take these pills and watch your sugar intake. And he wasn't doing either of those things. His, his history and his cultural background had showed him not to trust this doctor, so he wasn't going to do so, um, which really kind of made me angry. But I also was excited that he was comfortable enough to tell me that. He really trusted you, so that opened the doors um, so that you could really begin to help him. Um, can you share a little bit more about the approach that you took to help this member out? Um, first, I acknowledged what he said, and then I, I took the time to explain what diabetes was right down to a molecular level and the structure of the sugar molecule. He was very intelligent, um, and he, he understood, and then we talked about his family. He'd had a brother that lost a leg to diabetes, and, you know, it, it, it kind of, I could tell that he was starting to really absorb, and he decided, okay. I guess I do have diabetes, and I'll start taking these pills, but he wasn't going to change his diet, so he was just going to take an extra walk if he decided to have cookies or cake. That's great. It's really about listening, isn't it? Listening to what the member needs, considering their unique situations, and showing that you genuinely care. And I think um, Clarissa and Leah, both of those stories show all of those things about how you handled them, um, most of all that you genuinely care. Tony, you know, can you talk a little bit more about the subject and thinking about how cultural fluency is so important for um, us in the healthcare community and what we do? Sure, Kathy. Well, you know, uh, we've been students of uh, consumer behavior for a long time. uh, And uh, speaking about race and how it may impact member outcomes, I'm always reading articles, but recently I encountered an article about a research that was done with 600-plus African-American patients. And the study looked at whether African-American patients would be more inclined to listen to a black doctor, uh, black doctor's advice, and stay compliant versus a doctor from a different race. And the study found that black men assigned to a black doctor did accept more preventative services. But this was really an article, and it really boils down about trust and relationships. You simply can't influence someone's attitudes towards healthcare uh, or influence them if they don't trust you or if they don't have a relationship with you. And you have to build that relationship by showing genuine interest in getting to know them as individuals, as persons, their culture, what makes them unique, and what really drives them. So that's a little bit of a research that we found. Interesting. So, so Tony, what are some of the steps that our clinicians, our nurses, physicians, social workers can take to really be more aware and to develop a strong cultural fluency? Key to building relationships is understanding the culture. But it means more than language or in-language communication. 
is really understanding cultural insights that trigger behavior, in our case, healthcare behavior. That means developing listening skills that are aware of cultural cues, as well as being aware of other key drivers of behavior, such as the role of authority, uh, the role of respect in relationships, the role of respect for elderly, and the role and importance placed on relationships by these populations. Exactly, Tony. Uh, Well put. As clinicians, we care for really diverse populations. And as we think about how we can continue to learn how best to support the advancement of health and health care, I think about the need to really collaborate across disciplines and to fully support the diversity in our clinical populations. So it is important for each of us to increase our cultural fluency and the competencies that support that to make sure that we're providing really personalized and meaningful care. At Humana, we're currently piloting playlists in our internal learning software management uh, program. So our playlists are resources that we individually might find valuable to help build knowledge around particular subject matter. And actually, one of my playlists is around cultural fluency, something that I'm really interested in. And Tony has sparked a lot of that interest. And I love sharing what I find valuable to me. So I'd also encourage our clinicians to visit GoHLC or Humana Learning Center and search for my name, Kathy Driscoll. And if you so feel inclined, follow my playlist titled Kathy Driscoll on Cultural Competency. And you'll hear um, things that I've found helpful, both our internal courses, some TED Talks, etc. I think it's an area that I and all of us can continue to learn in. Um, Tony, I mentioned earlier in our podcast that you've been teaching some courses on cultural fluency um, for our clinical population. Can you share what some of those are um, and some of the other courses that we have and how our clinicians can find them? Yes. In, uh, in the consumer group, you know, we, we're always looking how to improve and optimize that end-to-end experience of our member experience. So there were a few courses that uh, I led on this subject uh, within our group, and they're now uh, available. And um, one of them is called Multicultural Fluency that looks at all three segments, Hispanic, African-American, and Asian. Then we have specific ones that addresses and looks at the relationship or the insights for the Asian-American cultural fluency. We have a third one that is African-American cultural fluency. And the fourth one is a Hispanic cultural fluency that are also for clinicians. Simply search the term cultural fluency and you'll pull up the results and uh, you can navigate from one to the other one to register for the course. These are normally done virtually and they're about an hour long, a little short of an hour. And there's another plus. The plus is that clinicians can receive continuing education credit for the classes for attending the class. Thanks, Tony. I was able to participate in two of these classes, and I'm definitely going to look for the other two um, when they fit in my schedule next. And as nurses, um, as clinicians, we're always looking to expand our knowledge base and to receive continuing education credits for them too. So appreciate um, that. 
And right now it's time. We've had a great conversation, but that's about the time we have for today. I want to thank you, Tony, Clarissa, and Leah for being my guests today. And thanks so much for sharing your experiences and your expertise around cultural awareness, cultural fluency, and how important it is that we reflect on our own unintended biases or assumptions and the importance of being open to listening. I think all of you have talked about listening and relationships and the importance to that, um, to really be able to support uh, a respect and an appreciation for each other's culture and to support health and well-being. I really enjoyed our conversation today, so thank you all. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play by searching the words, The Voice of Humana Nurses. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So send us an email at chiefnursingofficer at humana.com and give us your comments or your suggestions about topics or people you want to hear about or hear from. So until next time, be well. <laughs>